I have to confess to you, I am so excited. I'm so excited about what God is doing in our midst. And I feel a weight of God. Are you ready? Are you ready? And so I am super excited. And as Jordan says, I get to do six months of sermons in one morning. And what could be more exciting than that? So I hope you don't have any food in the oven because it's going to be a long one. No, I'm, I can't tell you. I'm just buzzing. And I, I've actually, I didn't sleep last night because I woke up in the middle of the night and went, oh, so exciting, so exciting. <laughs> What a visa, what a visa. So if you see me holding on to the lectern, you know why. Um, Stephen Heather the love. Um, they're not with us this morning because they're in Cape Town, they're in Urban Voice Church in Somerset West. And they, um, they send their love and they're praying for us. In fact, I tell you what, shall we pray for them? And uh, pray for the wisdom of God and the power of God. Yeah, let's, let's lift our voices together. Yeah, Jesus, we pray for Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I had the absolute joy on Friday of being here and um, with a, a group of people talking about the Holy Spirit. And encouraging our growth group and our rooted um, group to press into all that the Holy Spirit has for them. It was an absolute joy. And all I would say to those of you who were there on Friday and those of you who weren't is this life in the spirit is one that we live each and every day. And actually, as we go into the book of Acts, actually we're going to be exploring all sorts of exciting things. Actually, the book of Acts really is about what does it mean to live a life full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit of God. And so we're going to spend just today, I want to introduce you to the book of Acts. Um, and I haven't been given any verses. Which is super exciting. And super scary all at the same time. So, Daddy Cumbie is coming to speak next week on the beginning of the book of Acts. So, and Daddy, I apologize. I'm going to steal just one, just one verse from you today. Is that okay? So, I want to start, I want to introduce you to the book of Acts. I want to tell you then why I am so excited. 
other than the fact that God is in our midst. Why am I excited that we are about to embark on a journey through the book of Acts? So, I want to start, I'm going to read you the first verse of Acts. If you have a Bible, we're going to bounce about a little bit today. So, if you have the book of Acts, you are very welcome to open it. Are we not going to stay there very long? So, this is the first verse in the book of Acts. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. So even in the first few verses of this book, we're being pointed somewhere else. It says, in my former book, I wrote. So what does that mean? Well, the book of Acts was actually written by a doctor and his name was Luke. And um, Luke wrote another book that's also in the Bible. If you want to look it up, it's very helpfully called Luke. So Luke wrote one book really in two parts. Which was quite typical of the time. So there are historians that wrote two part books. There's a guy called Josephus who was a Jewish. Um, historian and he wrote his book in two parts. So Luke was a doctor, he was from a, uh, a city called Antioch in And he's the only confirmed non-Jew who's written for our Bible. So, Luke was a Gentile. He was a friend of Paul. And lots of the book of Acts is, is Luke traveling with Paul. Um, and why did he write? Well, we actually have to go to the book of Luke to find out. So if you like, we go to the start of the story. And this is what he writes right at the start of Luke, which tells us why he's written all of this stuff. It says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. 
sena silikelelo ntsa gona le nna ka bonna ke la ka batlisisa tabena ka kelo hloko yohle ne ke batlalogi ke tse qetwa pele go kika ka ngola ke be ke tse batsohle wena excellent so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So Luke investigated this brand new faith thing that was around. And it was wrapped around some some Jewish guy called Jesus. And it was turning the world upside down. And so he as a doctor decided he would research and investigate um, what was going on. Through investigating it, he found it to be true. And actually, he then went on a journey with Paul to um, to share the word of God. And he's writing to a guy called Theophilus. He's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. Um, but in this little bit at the start of Luke, he's calls him most excellent Theophilus. And those, those, that phrase, most excellent, probably means that Theophilus was an important man. Maybe he was a governor. Some people suggest that actually Theophilus was a lawyer of Paul's. And, and they, they reckon that Luke wrote the first part of, of the story, the book of Luke, in about AD 61 when Paul was in prison in a place called Caesarea. And in the second part, possibly, um, he wrote whilst Paul was in prison again, this time in Rome in AD 63. So, Acts possibly was written as a defense for Paul, and so it teaches us all about what this new religion is and why Paul is so committed to it. But at the same time, Luke was very aware that he wasn't writing just for one man. Actually, Luke is a master storyteller. And people who know these things say that the language that he uses is extremely rich. And although it's highly unlikely that he thought he was writing scripture, he was actually writing in a way that was very similar to the Old Testament Greek scriptures. So, that's this book. In two parts. I've had a real journey with these two books. And I want to tell you a little bit about that. In that first verse of Acts I read to you. Did you notice the word began? 
So Luke says, um, in my former book, I wrote all about what Jesus Christ began to do. And it is my experience that as Christians, we stop at the beginning. I'm going to read you the end of the book of Luke. So you can see where he gets to. So I'm reading from, I can't read the verse, I think it might be verse 50, but it's right at the end of the book of Luke. The numbers are too small for my eyes. So so it says this about Jesus. It says, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually in the temple praising God. So the first part of this story ends with Jesus and then ascending up into heaven. And in fact, that bit was so important to Luke that he actually tells it to us three times. First year and then twice at the start of that. And then actually, we'd all go out. 
and some people would walk across the car park and into um, the Irish club that was there at the other side of the car park. I didn't get to go because I wasn't Irish. My mum's stepmom was Irish, but for some reason I didn't have and so whilst they all went into the social club to drink Guinness and other exciting things, me and my mom were trudged back down the hill and back up the hill and home. To say that was Christianity to me, wouldn't be fair. But wouldn't be far off the truth of what we were living. Christianity was going to church on Sunday. And try and be good the rest of the week. We sang some really weird songs. The, I don't remember many of them. We sang this song about foxes and birds that I didn't understand as a child. There was one song we sang. And it was it started, make me a channel of your peace. Exactly. Oh, 
And then whilst everybody else gets to be Irish in the Irish club, I get to walk home again. And I try to live a life that shows everybody, hey, I'm a good Christian. As a teenager, I thought it was all stupid. I decided I didn't have anything to do with it. Because actually it was boring. Singing about foxes and weird stuff. <laughs> and these good Christians that I'm supposed to be with. Where's the peace? Where's the love? The, the thing that killed me was um, the church had loads and loads and loads of really posh things in the church building. Not the chairs, they were horrible. But they had fancy paintings, they had gold crosses. And truthfully, I didn't know much about what Christianity was supposed to be. But I did know that Jesus said that we should look after the poor. And here's this church with gold crosses it could sell and give money to the poor. But no, the gold cross has to be there, so when we go for a half an hour on Sunday, we feel like we're in a good place. <coughs> Jesus was really gracious to me. And you'll find that Jesus is very gracious to you. When I was 19, and I'll tell you this story another time if you want to hear it. Jesus came and found me. Jesus brought me to life. And it was amazing. And I realized that actually he was truth. And I had two friends. One who said, hey, come with me to my church. And you can probably imagine that I wasn't very excited about that idea. And one who said, here, here's the book of Luke. Read it. So we did. And I got all the way to the fourth chapter. And I was blown away. Blown away? Let me read it to you so that you can be blown away too. Maybe you were already blown away. But here we go. See, my excuse is I can't see the numbers. Yeah, do you know what? I am going to put my glasses on, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Found it. Yes. Okay. Verse 18. eighteen. Jesus stands up in the temple. And he says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind 
to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down and as everybody looked at him he said today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I read it. And then I reread it. And then I read it again. And then I got confused. And excited. Wait a minute. As a Christian, am I not supposed to be like Jesus? So here he is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To bind up the broken To bring sight to the blind. To release captives into freedom. And my first thought, and my second and my third and my all night long thoughts was not be for me. Because I'm supposed to be like Jesus. So I went to my friend who gave me the book of Luke. And I said, this is amazing. I said, I was flawed. Absolutely flawed. 
I didn't know whether to laugh, I didn't know whether to cry. So I was quite shy, so I was probably just wiggling in myself. <laughs> and then at the end, I went, I'm going to tell them, I'm so excited. And I went to tell the guy who told us this vision. And I was about number 10 in the queue. And this one said, this is the scripture that God's given me. And this one said, this is the scripture. And I was so excited. You see, as Christians, we're called to be Jesus to the world. And we're called to bring peace and love and joy. Actually, we're called to so much more. We're called to be anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit. To get out there and tell people the good news. If you read the rest of the book of Luke, I encourage you to do so. The question of, is that for me, should never cross your mind. You'll read of Jesus healing the cripple and um, healing everyone who was sick who was brought to him. And then you'll read of Jesus saying to his friends, Now it's your turn. Get out there and do it. And then you'll read of his death and his resurrection. And you'll read of his ascension into heaven. But, just lean two verses further back. End of Luke. So, last time I spoke to you, starting in verse 50. Let's take two steps back. Jesus is just about to go up into heaven. It says... He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. This is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We missed out that bit. Church was really good at teaching about Jesus' death and resurrection. It was even really good at teaching that Jesus was ascending and one day would come back and collect his family. But the you will be clothed with power from on high. Mm -hmm. 
that bit seemed to get left out somewhere along the way. That's the promise of Jesus to his followers. That's the promise for you and for me. We are not meant to simply come to church on a Sunday, come rain or shine, and go home again. You are not meant to give your life to Jesus and then wait a miserable 50 years until he comes to take you home. That was never the plan. sitting there going, but we're supposed to be doing acts. And you've spent a whole time telling us this random story from your childhood. And then in this other book that we know what you've been doing. Well, I tell you what this has got to do with acts. It's got to do with that word began in that very first verse. In that first book, Luke wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Right now, we passed the beginning. But we're not at the end. And so Luke, Luca, in the power of the Holy Spirit, wrote to us about the next bit. The next part of the story. 
That's what Jesus began. And this is what Jesus continued. He ascended to heaven. But he continued. And so, you, Theophilus, you who are far off, this is what Jesus began to do. This is what he's continuing to do right now. So you can see your part that you play in this beautiful story of Jesus And so we're going to go through the book of Acts. Now Jesus has ascended into heaven. What does it look like, this stuff that Jesus is doing? We are going to see some amazing things. We're going to see that the Holy Spirit pulled a family of people together. We're going to see that they gave themselves to one another. That they were so excited to learn more about Jesus. That they were full of the Holy Spirit. That they went out as witnesses of Jesus Christ. They became like Jesus. Both in character and in the things that is. So we'll meet people who were um, who were caught up in witchcraft. Who burnt a million rounds worth of scrolls. Because they said, no, we want to be like Jesus. We'll meet people who went out and healed the sick. Raised the dead. Because they were like Jesus. We'll see transformation. Individuals transformed and whole cities. We'll hear of riots in cities because Jesus came and dicked it upside down. Does that sound exciting? That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's the story we can learn. Actually, if like Jesus we are full of the Spirit, we will preach the good news. We will see cities transformed. Does any of that sound vaguely familiar? A few weeks ago, Taddy Steve stood up here and shared with us what he is hoping this church will be like. He said this. Diklebeng Church. Be a welcoming family of the Word and the Spirit that transforms lives by bringing forth Christ-likeness. A church that goes forth into the neighbourhood and nations 
sharing the kingdom of God. That's what we see as we read Acts. We see a church transforming the world. Taking the good news of the kingdom to the nations. So how are we going to do what Steve has encouraged us to do? How are we going to be this church that Steve encouraged us to be? The answers are in this book. The answers are in the book of Acts. Which starts something along the lines of you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. So my question I want to ask you today is will you join us on this journey? It will mean more than a trip to this building on a Sunday. It will mean more than trying to be good in nice. It will mean calling on the Spirit of God to empower you to change the world. Do you want to join us on that journey? Do you want to join us on that journey? Some yeses, that's really good. So I am burning with excitement. Because if we can get hold of the truth of Jesus Christ, which is that he sent the promised Holy Spirit to the people of God. Then we'll never be the same I've seen some of it. I've seen people healed. I've never seen a blind person see. I'm looking forward to that. I've never seen the dead raised to life. I know people who have I'm looking forward to that. I've seen healing. I've seen the power of the word of God changing people. I've seen the freedom of the kingdom light people from the inside out. And I want that. Make it And I want everything that Jesus Christ won for us on the cross. Amen. Amen. So will you stand with me? Please close your eyes. There is so much more of God for us to experience. He has purposes in front of us as a church that we Blow our minds This church has transformed nations in the past. But that's nothing compared with what God has prepared for us. 
The glory of the latter house will far exceed the glory of the former. God has set this church apart for great works. And it's going to take every single one of us. It's going to take every single one of us to say, Father, send your spirit to me that I might make a difference. So the reason I asked you to close your eyes is because I want you to just engage with God. Are you prepared to give your life for what Jesus has given you? Are you prepared to give everything you've got to see the glory of God? Uh, so that's a genuine question. I'm not asking you to just say yes because that's what you're supposed to say. There are many Christians across the world who give some time on a Sunday. And spend the rest of their lives trying to live in a way that's good for Jesus. But God has called this church to something different. God has called you to something different, I believe. So my question again. Are you prepared to give everything you've got to see the glory of God? Now we can say it If so, hi Bakujon. We hold out your hands right now. Now And you promised that you would send your Holy Spirit to live in us and I'd like living water to flow from us. Father, you know our hearts as we stand here. successes and our failures. And you know that in Jesus none of that matters. And so Father, I ask you now will you fill this church full of your husband? Will you clothe us with power from our heart? That we might see the glory of God in our hearts. Lord, as we stand here this morning, we commit ourselves. We give ourselves to you. Jesus, we say, 